From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking with me, Marshall Ramsey. This is a show about the most interesting people and stories of Mississippi. Hey, today our guest is Newton native and veteran broadcaster turned author, Bob May. He'll be here to discuss his new book, Have Fun, Damn It, a story about being able to have fun even in dire and serious circumstances. Plus, Michelle and I are going to chat about the latest headlines in the weekly roundup. And we always would love you to be part of the conversation, so you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can drop me an email at marshall at mpbonline.org. Hey, stay tuned. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Walker, the lady auto mechanic, host of AutoCorrect. If you're enjoying this podcast, try my podcast, AutoCorrect. We help steer you in the right direction with your car problems. Find me on any podcast platform or at autocorrect.mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. Look, I tell you what, um, we got a great show today. Of course, it's Thanksgiving week, and we'll touch on that. But over five-plus decades of radio, our guest today, Bob May, has about done it all. However, he's taken a break from radio to promote his first book, Have Fun, Damn It. It's a book about it was a book he dedicated to baby booners taking care of aging parents, and we'll talk with Bob about his book and how he feels about coming home to spending some time in his beloved South. And if you'd like to be part of the show, well, give us a call at eight seven seven MPB ring. That's eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can drop me an email at marshall at mpbonline.org. Uh, we'll get started in just a second. Michelle and I are going to do the weekly roundup. I'm just going to get started. Of course, this is Thanksgiving week, and I'm a firm believer that Thanksgiving is more than just filling up your belly. It's also about filling up your heart. And I just want to take a moment to say thank you uh, for listening to the show. I'm very thankful for each and every one of you. If it weren't for you, obviously, I would not be sitting here. And uh, frankly, I wouldn't be drawing cartoons and doing all the other cool things I get to do here in the great state of Mississippi. And just the fact that you're here today means so much to me. And I hope that you have a very, very blessed Thanksgiving. We have got so many things to be thankful for. Uh, We wake up every day. We get to see the sunrise, but we get to also... Well, we get to live in a really cool place to live and one of the greatest, if not the greatest country on the earth. And so I'm just glad. Uh, I'm very thankful today, and I just want to say thank you. I'm going to probably spend a little bit of time with family over the week, and I know you probably will too. I hope that nobody gets in any civil wars during that time because I know sometimes um, a little too much stuffing and maybe a little bit of alcohol can always make that crazy uncle of yours kind of start spousing some political beliefs. So try to resist, have a good time, watch a little bit of football, and kick back and relax. Michelle, I know you're getting awfully close to time for you to graduate, I'm still I'm still geeking out about that. We talk about that every week now too, but um, I'm just so happy for you. Yes, uh, December six, ten a.m. will be my graduation. Where are they going to hold the Where are they going to hold the graduation? The athletics and the, and the oh yeah, okay, yes, right there in the gym in the Peyton mm-hmm. Center. Yeah, okay. no, no, not the Peyton Center. Oh, athletics oh, oh, and the okay, Center. where the gym, the big gym. Yes, okay. yes, yes, it's huge, and so they have the over, um, the overspill. 
at the um, theater next door. Oh. It's huge. So you know, this is for under- the folks that bring their great aunts and stuff? They well, this go- is undergrad, grad, and Ph.D., so mm-hmm. it's all three. So it's oh, going to be a lot of people. Oh, I hope you bring um, a snack. You're going to be there for a while. <laughs> we will be there starting at 10, and we'll be out about probably 1. <laughs> Oh, and Tony Stewart, uh, which she says, Tommy Stewart, Tony Stewart. Well, I am so happy. She is going to be the commencement speaker this year. She was my first director in a play ever. Oh, and, you really? Know, she was on the heat of the night and a lot of other Oh, shows. she's so cool. Yeah. But I am so glad she's going to be the commencement speaker. That's so nostalgic to me. Um, yeah. She brings back so many memories. But when you talked about Thanksgiving, um, tomorrow on um, Southern Remedy, relatively speaking, we're going to talk about that with Dr. Susan Butcher's How what, to- to fan poisoning? Well, <laughs> how to deal with your family members during the holidays, uh, Christmas and Thanksgiving, yeah. uh, those difficult uh, family members or those questions. When are you going to get married? When are you going to have a baby? When are you guys going to, you know, all those questions that come up and uh, prying family members or difficult family members. We're going to talk about how to deal with that and be thankful at the same time. So tune in tomorrow at 11 for um, Relatively Speaking with Dr. Susan Butchers. We're going to talk about how you handle I, it. I tell you what, I tell you, I think, I think our guest, Bob May, has the perfect uh, solution. He says, have, have fun, fun damn, damn it. it. Exactly. And look, that's and, a nice and, mantra. You can just put up, make I it think, a t-shirt and everything else. And I've just cussed on the air more today than I have in my whole career. So that's, I that's think wonderful. we can get away with it. So um, it another, another thing I uh, wanted to say before, uh, for Thanksgiving, for the holidays period, Enjoy yourself. I know I get into the rut of having to buy this and buy that and go. I have Christmas parties galore and all these things planned. I looked at my um, month of December and you realize that you're so busy. You don't get to enjoy the holidays. You don't get to relish in the lights and the just the meaning, the reason for the season. And you go through and you end up it's New Year's Eve. It's January and you feel exhausted. I'm not going to do that this year. My birthday is December 19th. I want to enjoy and literally, like you say, feel the moment. I want to enjoy every part of the holiday season. So I'm going to try my best to do that. Do you know that Amy has already bought and wrapped all the Christmas gifts? She's wonderful. And I'm going to wait till the 24th and end up getting her an ashtray that says Mississippi on Stop it from it. a convenience store because that's the way that. I normally roll. But yeah, no, she just, she said the same thing. She said, you know, every single year we stress out about this and, and I'm probably over the next week I'm going to do our family Christmas card. I'm going to do the drawing for that. But um, yeah, I'm with you. I think this year, because this has been an incredibly busy year for my family and I know it's been a busy ones for years too. And I'm just going to kind of kick back and and really kind of just soak in the whole Advent season and all Christmas and try to just be able to to realize, okay, this is all about love and about right. family as much as it is about things. And that's what I want. I want to bake cookies. I want to make breakfast oh, on I'm Christmas I want to eat morning. cookies, so we're going to get along great. <laughs> I really want to do those things that I, and try to build a gingerbread house. I, I buy one for Jordan every year, and she ends up doing it without me because she's so artistic. Does she do a good job with it? She that? does, but I want to do it with her. She always starts before I get her. Oh, so. See, I tried it one time and it looked like most of the houses around here on Yazoo Clay. <laughs> it was just bending all over the place. So oh it's crazy. Goodness. Hey, speaking of Yazoo, I was up in Nashville on Thursday up at Yazoo Brewery, which li- there's a guy named Linus from Vicksburg. I'm having a moment with his last name. But he's he started this huge brewery pub. But Mississippi Today, we had an expats event. So we had over 90 former Mississippians who came up to, that live in Nashville now came. And it was so much fun because it was like an, a family reunion. Wow. Everybody you talk to, oh, yeah, do you know so-and-so or you know so-and-so's mama? I mean, there was the – because we don't do Mississippi doesn't do six degrees of separation. We do two. So we were able to go all 
way around it. So that was so much fun being able to go up there and see everybody. And it was just grateful. Yeah. So, but it was neat because it's like I got a little T-shirt that says Yazoo on it. So it's like, (laughs) yes. So Yazoo City, too, is great. Um, And this morning I had to say goodbye to an old friend. It's very sad. Okay, got to tell you the, quickly the whole story because we're running up on time. So in 2010, I bought a Honda CRV, went down to Baton Rouge with my sons on a scout trip. As we were leaving the USS Kid, we got shot. I mean, literally, a bullet went into my car. It hit the radiator. The engine ran hot. I couldn't get off the interstate because of construction, and the engine blew up. So at 400 miles, I had to put a brand new engine in my brand new car. I was so angry. We, I thought a rock had done it, you know, because everything on the instrument panel lit up, and it was just like steam came out, and I was just cursing. So we get back to, to Jackson and Patty, my friends at Patty Pack, who they I bought the car from. I said, look, you sold me a lemon. I'm mad. I'm angry. And the general manager just holds out his hand, and he hands me a bullet that was in the radiator that had lodged and the block of the engine had stopped it or would have come into the cabin and hit me or my sons. So I'm very grateful about that. So anyway, they rebuilt the whole engine in the car. Car ran great. We kept the car up until two weeks ago when my son, who was driving in Oxford on Highway 6, four-laned, everybody in Oxford knows exactly where this is, Old Taylor Road exit, and a doe comes out of nowhere. It's at night. He's driving the speed limit. The thing just clobbers the front of his car. Mm. So this is the car that had survived a bullet, but it did not survive the deer. It ended up totaling the car. Now, he and his girlfriend were okay, and that, to me, is, at the end of the day, what really, truly matters. Mm-hmm. But this morning, we're cleaning out the car, and we're saying goodbye to an old friend. It was sad. We called the car Lazarus because it died, (laughs) and we brought it back. Yeah, so it was crazy. But, um, you know, once again, it's just thankful that he didn't get hurt. Right, because deer, you know, again, those things are dangerous. And they're all over the place. The other night, I was coming back from Oxford, and I swear I saw a hundred. I mean, there were just deer. I mean, there were herds everywhere along the side of the interstate. You won't believe it. My father hit one on Lakeland Drive, the busiest street. Yeah. Uh, Lakeland Drive, and totaled his car and the deer was driving right <laughs> exactly totaled his yeah. car i'm like he was wondering why the busiest street just i know they're everywhere drive. they're car they, killing they dogs they, they really are. are so but be careful out there and so it i remember we almost hit one when the boys were little and they started crying and i said why are you crying they were like super little this is like 2005 so they were five and three and i said why are you crying they said you almost killed rudolph <laughs> It was like Christmas Eve, and I was like, man, Rudolph almost killed us, okay? So I tell you what, we have a real radio professional in the booth with us today. I'm excited, so that's good. Bob May is with us, and we're going to talk to him. His new book is Have Fun, Damn It, A Humorous Guide to Putting Up with Parents, Kids, and Pets. Bob is a man of wisdom. I'm looking forward to talking to him. He's a big Saints fan. He's already wearing his jacket, so he's he's representing as well. And so you can give us a call if you'd like to be part of the show. It's 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can drop us an email at marshall at mpbonline.org. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey of Mississippi Today. Our guest today has over five-plus decades in radio. He's now taking a break to promote his first book, Have Fun, Damn It. So let's welcome the show without any further ado. Uh, from Newton, Mississippi, originally, Bob May. Bob, I have absolutely enjoyed talking to you so far. I just know this is going to be a fun show. Well, I'm delighted and pleased to be here. Thank you. It's an honor. And I want to say a special howdy and congrats to you, Michelle, on your your new degree. I hope they give you a fat raise, okay? Oh, yeah. I noticed that you left your wallet on the counter over here. It's empty. Don't worry. You better watch it. No, it's empty. Watch I mean, you can have me. the credit cards. It doesn't, they don't work well. <laughs> Looks pretty fat to me. <laughs> that's, that's my library card. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, it's good to be on well, your, thank you. your show. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Bob, because, I mean, you've had an incredible career up to this point. Obviously, if everybody can tell, um, radio voice, big time. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, uh, your voice is cracking. Also, Pu- I, have a great, rough, uh, I have a great body for radio. I live in New Orleans a goodly portion of time, and, and I uh, do a food show, or I did. I'm taking a break from it. And as a result of that, uh, it's difficult to keep the... Uh, weight down, bad. but um, I, I, I'm a Newton boy. I went to Southern Mississippi. I uh, got four fabulous children and uh, a whole bevy of sisters and a brother. And uh, I live a very special life. I, I spend half my time in a quiet way in Newton with my 97 year old dad. Oh wow! He'll actually be 97. Old Doctor May in Newton, and I got a shout out to him. He should be listening. With my baby sister Brooks, Brooks Ann, um, I, I am uh, pleased to be able to live a quiet side of my life in Newton, and then go back to New Orleans and uh, rip and roar around town, and and have a lot of fun times and great people down there. I enjoy uh, Michelle and the food show stuff that that she does, and all the programming on MPB. Uh, it's a delight to be on eight radio stations at the same all at the time. same time. Is it this crazy? And then the internet. So worldwide. And the Internet, so everybody's out there with a massive audience, including hopefully my family, high family. So from Memphis all the way to Mobile. Yeah. I uh, also want to salute my granddaughter equivalent, uh, Maria, who's uh, down in New Orleans spending time with her grandma. I told her I would say hi to her. Oh, cool. Oh, okay. Cool. So that's, you, that's enough done. But yeah. I went into radio, and I've done a lot of radio, and I've owned and operated stations, and I've been janitor at them. That's what you studied at Southern Miss, right? You studied. I, 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 I was finishing Southern Miss uh, when uh, Mississippi Public Broadcasting opened. Yeah, you were telling me you took facilities. a tour of this building first thing in the and, morning. Yeah. And it'll be uh, 50 years that ago that we did that tour next year. Yeah. And uh, I remember coming and, and being awed at that time with the scope and concept of public uh, radio, public TV. Uh, but I came in and. And did a tour with the other students and uh, went on and spent most of my career in 
commercial side broadcasting. Yeah. How did you um, how did you get started, and, and at what point did you leave to Mississippi, and where did you go? Well, I went. I, I I stayed a couple of years after college. I worked here in Jackson, WRBC, with some of the great, legendary rock and roll DJs, uh, and and maintaining contact with many of them now. Um, I went to Natchez for a year. And then I got a job offer in Dallas, which uh, uh-huh. back in the day. That's a huge move. Well, when, yeah. when I was a kid, that's the way you made more money. You moved to a larger market. Right. And I lived in a number of larger, larger markets, uh, um, Dallas, Memphis, uh, Houston, a uh, little stint in Chicago and New York and Boston. Wow. So- and uh, I don't recall ever disliking any place I ever lived. And uh, met a lot of wonderful people and had a great uh, career. My partner, John Borders, for about 20 years, and I owned radio stations. He's second only to my dad as the best man I've ever known. We lost him a few years ago to Mm -hmm. cancer. Um, And I miss him dearly. But one of the things that John helped me comprehend better living away from my family was how important my family was yeah. actually for me. And to come back home after my mom died about eight years ago uh, in, in, a, in a, a failed retirement, I've never been able to sit still very well. So I I got a, a little radio show going in New Orleans, and I did one in East Mississippi, and it primarily covered food and entertainment going on in New Orleans, football, some of that. You know, in New Orleans, you have to continue to wear your Saints paraphernalia a day or so after they win a game. <laughs> and you're, you're definitely representing, that, that's for sure, on that. I mean, gosh, the food show, that must be, what a perfect place to do food and entertainment and football. Oh, uh, yeah, it, it is a, a terrific uh, an interesting town. I wasn't that great. I, I don't have a lot of food knowledge. I try to be a decent cook, and I primarily do that because my mother had a cookbook printed. My sister Beverly had one made up oh, okay. of her recipes, and I still follow it. That's a treasure. And it is a yeah. family treasure. Yeah. And uh, so I cook a lot of, of good southern home cooking, you know, the fundamental foods, lard, salt. Oh, yeah, comfort uh, food. Buttermilk. It's all about comfort food. But, you, you know, it's I, I had the same career trajectory you did where I lived in Houston, Texas. I lived in San Diego, California. Wow. And part of the reasons we took the job here, my wife and I did, was because it was within driving distance of our families because we had been yeah. away, far away from our family for so long. But even then, it was 400 miles. Right. And so it is hard when you're away. And then when my parents got sick and we had to run, I was doing that trip between here and Atlanta like every other week because I have two sisters also that helped very much taking care of things. But it was very difficult, and it was like reintroducing yourselves to your family after you've been gone for so long. Yeah. If I get around to writing a second uh, edition of Have Fun, Damn It, which, by the way, is available at www.havefundammit.com. Damn it spelled D-A-M-M-I-T. Yeah, the southern way. Yeah, it's a southern pronunciation on that. But if I do another book called Have More Fun, Damn It, I think I'll delve into the family dynamics angle. You know, we've cared for Dad going on, as I mentioned, eight years, and I suspect the pressures that we faced as a family have had some bearing on the impact of our relationships. Right. Now, many people I've known who cared for family, and by the way, there's about 40 million baby boomers. That's half of all the baby boomers that ever came into the world are looking out for a mom or a dad or both. Yeah. 
it's a very common phenomenon. Did you ever imagine you would have to be doing that? Well, that's the thing, because here my dad was always this huge hero to me. And then suddenly, you know, I have to become the grown up in the situation. And it's very hard for it was hard for him to give up his car keys. It was very hard for yeah. him. You know, it was like a loss of power for them. And it was a very tough field to navigate. Well, it sounds like your dad was a lot like my dad, who's a very independent yeah. self uh uh, outstanding member of the community, yeah. uh, a great military hero, and uh, a man of faith. Yeah. Uh, a great guy for me to emulate and our family and our children and children's children to look up to. He had to be a World War II veteran if he's 97, right? Was, yeah, he, he went yeah. and flew 35 missions uh, uh, as a flight engineer, which impacts today the way he yeah. reacts when things break down. He has to fix them instantly. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and he can't panic about it. No, 35 no. missions is incredible, too, because the lifespan for, uh, I take it he was on a bomber. He was. Yeah. And, B-24. And, uh, B-24, yeah. Which, the Liberator, which was a really, that's what Jimmy Stewart flew also. He was his commanding officer. You're kidding me. No. That is too cool. Yeah. And uh, uh, he has wonderful stories. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he claims his memory is um is uh, kind of slipping away. Bob, mine is slipping. Leaky. So, he says, yeah. I have a memory, a leaky memory up here. Yeah. And I think we all do and all. Um, I, I don't I don't think that we, as a society, quite understand the, the reality of medicine today in the sense that our bodies are going to be able to live probably a lot longer than our brains will stay healthy. Right. With the medical care and the the body part replacement uh, uh, marketplace. <laughs> There's all kinds of ways for people to keep going. And, uh, and yet if something starts to go wrong with the brain, we don't, we, we don't have at yet. I think we will at some point be able to fix the brain a little better than we do today. But when it starts to break down, everything becomes mostly difficult for the caregiver right dad had dementia and like they told us early on they said you know this will be hard on him initially but it's going to be harder on you in the long run that's tough and that's one of the things i love about your book because um the whole point about being humorous and laughing is i think probably about as good a medicine as you can find out there well, I hope so. And what, what made you decide to sit down and write? I mean, because, you know, you're obviously a radio guy. You've, you've had this incredible career doing this. And, and suddenly, so obviously you're a storyteller. I mean, because that's kind well, of what we do. But was, you, you sat down and decided to write a book. Well, how did you do that? But Malcolm White says all 2.9 million of us Mississippi people are storytellers. That's a good point. Um, and, and it's just part of our nature and culture. And our families teach us that way. My dad... Uh, wasn't as great a storyteller as he was a joke teller and a yeah. jokester, a real practical joker. He just loved to mess around with his friends in creative ways and um, and and not not terribly bad ways, but ways that made them remember yeah. what happened to them. Uh, yeah, I think I think we all have books in us. Have you yeah. written a book yet? I have. What's the I, name of your book? What's, I did one. I did Fried Chicken and Wine, which was a short story book. I did okay. another one called Chainsaws and Casseroles, which is short stories and essays, <laughs> uh, which really describes you need a chainsaw to eat my food. Uh, but, but, you know, that was based on the fact that in Mississippi, if you're in a disaster, there will be a church van out in your front yard before it's, you can get out of the house oh. 
with full of chainsaws and casseroles because well, that's how I we call, roll. I have a chapter in my book called The Church Ladies. And when my mother passed uh, in the middle of the night, by 10 o'clock the next morning, we had oh, two yeah. refrigerators full of great food. Yeah. Where the I church got that, ladies the, just jump on it. They have oh, recipes. They They're amazing. And it's now I grew up, my family originally is from East Tennessee, but I mean, Mississippi, it's the same thing. But there sure. was a little Methodist church where they're at, and they kind of outprided each other to see who can make casseroles out of things that was unnatural. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, we're going to make mock apple pie with Ritz crackers. And I told my grandmother, I said, I love you, but the depression's over and you can buy apples. <laughs> you know? So, but you're right. It's, it's before, and we did. When my folks died, it was just people took good, such good care of us. And that's one of the things I love about living here. Well, this is what I love about small-town Mississippi, and I'm sad to say that small towns are evaporating and going yes. away. The brain drain in the state of Mississippi is just as great as it's ever been. All the young people finish college and don't find an opportunity in the small town, so they move to another state. I don't know how we're going to fix that, but it needs to be addressed. We'll turn it over to the next generation. I think they're yeah. smarter than the rest of us anyway. Oh, they're, they're, I hope so. I mean, I, you know, I've got a 19-year-old, a 17-year-old, and a 12-year-old, and I'm just kind of like looking at them and going, okay, what's next? And So you've got college for four years with two, three years with two kids involved. Congratulations. Thank you. That's why no I work 19 jobs. No wonder you don't have anything in your wallet. No, no, no. <laughs> you know what my initials are? ATM. <laughs> okay. Definitely. Talk about on the writing side. Did, did you always write? Because I was told as a kid I couldn't write. And so one day I woke up and I started writing. And I was like, oh, I love doing this. Was your family literary? I mean, obviously your dad's, oh a, your dad's an incredibly educated man. My, my mother uh, uh, utilized our local library as a babysitting service. Yeah. Yeah, during the summers. When we weren't at our grandparents, uh, she would haul us, our cousins, she would haul us up and drop us off at the uh, at the library, which at the time, for me, was up in the uh, uh, Redunda, uh, up in the roof of the Newton uh, City Hall. And it was a tiny little space. I, I, was, I was up there recently looking around. It, it's, it's tinier now that yeah. I have grown up. But I remember fondly getting out and running up a couple of flights of stairs and even a spiral staircase to get there and read. So mom wasn't reading advocate for yeah. all, all of us children. I think we're all dedicated uh, readers. I think they could all write good books too. Yeah. I started writing love notes in the third grade. That's how I got going. Did they work? Well, what happens is I wrote one to Debbie and I said, dear Debbie, you are the most beautiful girl in the world. And it went great. Until Donna showed her the note I wrote to Donna. Oh, that she also. Yes. Yeah, play, I plagiarized the first note. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, but when you're caregiving in Newton uh, for someone, you, you have a lot of time to, on your hands. Yeah. Dad took a lot of naps, still does. And we'll hear about that in just a second. We're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll continue speaking with our guest, Bob May. Hey, if you have any questions or comments or just want to say hi to Bob, I mean, hey, he's one of us, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Link Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome 
back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, on this Thanksgiving week. Hope you're ready to take, oh, hope you're getting some time off or you're getting some time with family or some good food. And I tell you what, if you need a good book to read, I've got one for you. It's Have Fun, Damn It, A Humorous Guide to Putting Up with Parents, Kids, and Pets by Bob May. Bob May's in the studio after a long, incredible radio career, which he's still at it. He's down in New Orleans, but he's also in Newton, Mississippi, uh, getting him to come up and hang out with his really cool dad. I still can't believe your dad flew with Jimmy Stewart. That's just um, amazing. I've read a couple books about his time in the in the service, and um, it was pretty harrowing. I mean, it's like one time a shell went off on in his plane and blew a hole, and he looked down, and he could see Germany, you know, down between wow. his legs. So um, I'm glad your dad's okay. Well, you know what dad said about Jimmy Stewart? That he didn't act like he was a famous actor. Yeah. And he would cover for any of the eight members of the crew yeah. at any time. So he would jump on a flight and go with his crews. Which you've got to respect. He was not a prima donna in any way. He was not a prima donna in any way. He was a very ordinary human being and a great guy. Yeah. Uh, I think there are probably a lot of people that rise to that level of heroics without even thinking they're heroes. Right. Certainly in World War II. Oh, I think Jimmy Stewart would have never said he was a hero. I mean, nope. really. I mean, nope. that was, and you know, and it was amazing how it changed his, his acting when he came back, too. Because whenever you see his anger, you just realize that, you know, that was real. Yeah. All right. Well, enough about Jimmy Stewart. Let's talk about the book. And first of all, we were talking about your writing and you love to read and you love to hang out at the library and so forth. What authors inspired you? Because I'd like to know a little bit. Because, I mean, like for me, I grew up with Louis Grizzard. I grew up with uh, yeah. great humor writers. And, yep. and it, it, you know, it's Georgia kind of, boy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you can't help but get away from Lewis. Yeah, uh, well, I my book I, has been um, explained by other authors as having a little bit of Lewis Grizzard in it, as well as Dave Barry, a great humor. That's a pretty columnist. nice compliment. Yeah, but the best one is that there's a little Pat Conroy in there. Oh yeah, and. Um, He's my favorite author. I got yeah. an opportunity to see him speak a few years before we lost him. Um, and and I, I will always remember what his advice was. He said uh, the four most important words in the language, whatever language you speak, are these. Tell me a story. Wow. And we all want deep down to tell a story. And we certainly go places to hear other people's stories. And that's exactly why people are listening to eight radio stations with you and me on it right now. Why we go to church, why we attend football games. We're looking for stories. And and he did a great job of telling his story. He really did. He really yeah. did. I met him I met him at a book signing and he asked about me. I mean, he was actually he asked every single person a little bit about themselves and I told him what I did. And he and Doug Marlette were really good friends and Doug was a longtime cartoonist that yeah. that passed away here in Mississippi unfortunately, but spent some time down in Laurel. And he he just sat there and just talked. He knew more about my profession than I did. He was just such an incredibly bright guy and really sure. fun guy, and it was neat. And I was just like, I'm sitting here having a conversation with Pat Conroy. Yeah. So and but so for you to be compared to him, that is huge. Well, have I mentioned my website? No, <laughs> no, that, that definitely. Well, you can go ahead okay. right now. It's www dot com. 
See, I th- you know, I'm starting to have a suspicion that maybe you've been on the radio before. <laughs> you know a little bit about it. All right, so tell us a little bit about what the book's about. Um, you've been in around me- media, and you have a writing skill and a sense of uh, time and space. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a lot of space to fill in the beginning of looking out for my dad. Yeah. And and I started sitting down writing a few hundred words about an experience that I had with him and my Down syndrome son, Brian. Oh, yeah. He, he was uh, in his mid-30s when my mom passed, and he started coming to Mississippi from Dallas, where he lives with his mother, and uh, spending more time with Dad and I. And he was a great influence on how we simplified our lives. Yeah. And one of the things that I try to encompass in my book is how you handle negative issues by simplifying those issues emotionally and financially and uh, just taking things down to um, a a simple equation. Now, when you ask Brian and people like him, how come you don't have a lot of stress like I do or other people? If there is um, a well-spoken, as my son Brian is, mm-hmm. who he's educable, finished school, has a job. We're very fortunate that all those things are happening for him and for us in his life. Brian will look at you and say, you know what? I go out and I get or I give seven hugs a day. Oh, wow. And, and I let a couple of dogs lick me. And uh, I promise you, Marshall, and the listeners in your huge audience out there, if you'll do that for a couple of weeks, it will turn your stress off. Yeah. It will relax you. It will make you feel better about who you are and what you do and how you do it. And uh, I, I think it's some of the sage advice in life coming from a man with an IQ under 80. He he just has this magic ability about him to make complex things simple. My dad identifies with Brian, but not as much as he does with his dog, who's a 16-year-old Yorkie, who has a personality, uh, who is a fan of Ole Miss. In fact, his name is Vault, and he only watches television when the Rebels play. And uh, I'm kind of kidding you a little bit about that. But Vaught is a major influence in our life back in Newton. And my walks with Vaught have encompassed every every street in our little town of 3,500 people. And uh, he gets about 17 peas per mile right now. <laughs> and, and, and depending on the uh, layout of the land, I may get one in there somehow. But he's a delight for dad. And when the dog returns, my dad acts just as happy to see Vault as Vault is to see him. I was about to say, because, you know, the thing I think is so great about dogs is you, you open up the door and it's like you just liberated Paris. You can go away for five minutes and your dog acts like you've been to Europe and back. I know because I just got to go to Europe and Vault was glad to see me. It was just like no time had passed. So you've got, I mean, the, the the wisdom of the book is to simplify and to learn to be grateful and to hug. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, you know, we covered some recipes and some important things. We covered the history of small town upbringing. Yeah. And the and the gracious nature of that and maybe how that's uh, been changed by uh, technology in the world. And some of that's great and some of it ain't so great. So you just sat there while your your dad's taking a nap and you got the laptop and you're going to town writing. Yeah. Uh, and I would recommend everybody should do that. Yeah. And you don't have to write well and you don't have to write a fancy but what you do is have to write. And funny thing is, if you write a couple of hundred words today and do it every day between now and this time next year for the 50th anniversary of MPB in Jackson, you will have 71,000 words in a piece of paper or in a computer. And you go to a great editor like, and I always plug, Nancy K. Westman. And I'm hoping she's listening now. Oh, I love Nancy. Yeah, I, I you know, know her on Facebook. In, in fact, yeah. the real reason I have a book out is that I belong to the Mississippi Literary Guild. Yeah. Suzanne Marquez and Susan mm-hmm. Marquez and the whole gang. And I'd go to their meetings, and I was able to get motivated by watching other people get their books published. Yeah. And so I recommend if you've got that. And I read the other day there are 80% of people claim they have a good book in mind. Right. But only 1% of them actually get around to doing it. And exactly. And it's so hard because you can sit there and think, I've got to write a book. But like you said, just how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? You just get up in the morning. Because my first book, I'd get up in the morning and I would write one story. And it may be 1,500 words and it would take me maybe – 45 minutes to write it out, it would just flow, and then I'd just put it away, and then I'd right. go on with my day. And right. then within a year, I had probably 90 publishable stories. There you go. And then you get a great editor like Nancy Kay and a lot of yeah. other Mississippi people because, you know, there's a t- wealth of talent walking around in oh, this, amen. this town and in my town. And the beauty of, uh, you know, the beauty of small towns is that I think you, you – find the most interesting people because they want to talk to you. They, they want do. to tell their stories. Well, that's what, and that's kind of what the point of what we do with the show is because everybody has a story. Everybody's and got you a never, story. And, you, and if you sit there and say, well, I just want to talk to famous people or whatever, then you're going to miss out on so many great, great tales. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I've got some stories in my book about uh, the the common people that I grew up around and really how unique and special they are. Yeah. As I go back and review my life with them. And I'm so old now, uh, Marshall. I, everybody I see I, looks like somebody I've met. <laughs> they all look familiar to yeah. me. You know? And, and, and all. But um, to go back home and uh, I went to Thomas Wolfe's uh, grave in Asheville, North Carolina, this summer, and and uh, they have where the flowers in the vase are normally uh, placed. Uh, writers put their pins in there as a token of mm-hmm. appreciation for his great writing. And uh, Asheville's a very literary community, and and a lot of a lot of important things happen there. So I went there for a little bit of inspiration on a book signing mm-hmm. tour. And had a, a wonderful time. I recommend everybody check it out. The uh, the fact that he um, was able to get a Pulitzer Prize with a first book <laughs> is one of the things that made me go, well, if he could do it, maybe I can. Yeah. 
So I hope people uh, will call the Pulitzer Committee in Stockholm and put in a good word for me, huh? It, it, um, I'll, I'll, I'll call him up okay. and say, hey. You, that's this all guy, I need, Marshall. I met this guy named Bob. He's really the good. The deal's done now. Oh, no, that's fine. We could just go ahead and take the rest <laughs> of the show off and just have dead air on that. So Now, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to continue our conversation. A lot of fun. Glad he's in the studio. we got Bob May with us. His new book is Have Fun, Damn It, A Humorous Guide to Putting Up with Parents, Kids, and Pets. I tell you what, folks, this is a fun read on for a week that we all should be thankful, and I'm pretty thankful Bob's here today. You can give us a call. It's not too late. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. contractor ever tell you of the price of something and it sounds so high you think eh, maybe i'll try it myself some jobs just aren't that difficult and yes you can do it if you want to find out how to do those things listen to fix it 101 podcast everywhere this is an mpb think radio podcast All right, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Uh, we have a real radio guy in the show today. Uh, <laughs> he's an author, longtime radio guy. Bob May is here. His book is Have Fun, Damn It, A Humorous Guide to Putting Up with Parents, Kids, and Pets. Uh, if it's not too late to like a question or comment, jump on in. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Bob, I, you know, I think it would be very poor form if you did not read a little bit of one of your stories. So I'd love to. Okay. I'd love to. Let me, uh, in the way of an introducing the story, uh, my, my daughter uh, in Dallas, I think, is listening. Hi, Candace. Hi, Candy. Uh, my daughter in Chicago is supposed to be listening. Uh, hi, uh, Baby Brooks. I don't know if my son Tucker or... Brian are listening, but my daughter Brooks has a boyfriend, a uh, stand-up comedian in Chicago named Jake. I wrote an article, and this article has nothing to do with her boyfriend. It has to do with Brian's imaginary pet, Jake the Snake, and this appears in my book. Brian, my Down syndrome son, loves animals. His book collection on animals rivals most small-town libraries. Years ago, we discovered a colony of ants living in the master bedroom. Brian made a phone call to the zoo to rent an anteater. One summer, we experienced a bad drought, so we suggested we trade our dog in for a camel. Dogs drink too much water, he grumbled. Camels save water, plus we can ride on the camel and save on gas. This is the kind of way Brian thinks. And every Thanksgiving, Brian advocates a turkey rescue, a bird napping, and volunteers his room as a refuge for live orphan birds. Brian, always the animal rights advocate, once lobbied to get a pet shark. A great white, that's what I want, he insisted, flashing a photo of a 20-foot shark from his picture book. Oh, sure, I vouched. Every family needs a great white shark. But where will we keep it? 
in the pool. He scoffed like I was a silly dork. Well, what happens if we want to go swimming in our pool? I'd be a little afraid to jump into the pool with a man-eating shark. Brian always thinks ahead. Shark cage, he deadpanned. During a flurry of burglaries in our neighborhood, Brian announced he would be safe staying home alone because he had acquired a personal bodyguard to live under his bed. In his rich imagination, Brian created Jake the Snake, a 300-pound anaconda. What does he eat, I nervously inquired. Jake likes everything. He eats waterfowl, warthogs, and baby water buffalo. Sometimes he eats people. Ooh. Brian flipped through a na- nature book to the page about anacondas. Anacondas don't poison you with fangs. They squeeze you real hard. Then they swallow you whole, and they take a really long nap. Sounds like your Uncle Bruce, I panned. We might have a problem. I'm not sure we can come up with enough waterfowl, warthogs, and baby water buffalo to feed Jake. Well, can't you get them at the pet store? I'll ask, but I doubt it. We can order them over the Internet. You can get anything over the Internet. True, but seriously, Brian, why do you have to pretend to have a big snake under your bed? Are you afraid of something? Oh, no, I'm brave, Brian boasted. Nobody messes with me now. If they do, I'll call out Jake. Brian might might have a good idea with Jake, imagineering a safety net in this wacky world, sort of a psychological uh, Linus blanket. It isn't all bad, and as a fledgling adult myself, I like to slip out of reality from time to time. What's wrong with dreaming up a protective companion or a safe and sound haven where you can hide from time to time? Supersizing french fries is a lot more harmful than supersizing one's imagination. You'll find a few of Brian's matchbox cars on the floor in my room. I've taken rolling them around while I pretend that I'm taking trips to places I'd like to return to. In my mind, I travel to my grandmother's old country home. I wander back to my college quad, summer at the beach, visit long-lost friends, and relive the birthdays of my children. When I complete my fantasy trips, the result is always the same. I feel better. But I'm quiet about it. I don't want to wake Jake. Nice. All right. The studio audience is clapping. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's wonderful. What advice would you give? Say say there's somebody out listening right now that just listened to that story and was touched by and moved by it, and they'd like to sit down and write and come out with a book. What advice would you give them? Well, I'd go back to Pat Conroy. I mean, you just sit down and start writing and don't worry about what your plot is or, or where you're going with it or... Uh, what your character development is like, or the beginning and the middle or the end. That all works its way through when you write yeah. regularly. And uh, like anything else that you uh, want to be good at, you need to do it and do it often right. and a lot. So if you want to play tennis well, you got to go practice. Writing is the same thing. It's like the Malcolm Gladwell thing, you know, the 20,000 hours. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And so uh, if if you got that in mind, don't worry about the quality, get the quantity down, and the quality can be found by a great editor. Definitely. That's what happened to me. I, I had a bunch of stuff on paper, and I shuffled the papers around, and I would re-edit and re-edit. I never got what I needed to really communicate as effectively as I did after she took control. 
and built it. And most writers' number one mistake is they don't get anybody from the outside to come in and help them edit their work. And that's hard. You know, I can tell you this just from my career because I used to, editors were the bad guy. You know, they're, they're the ones that told you no. <laughs> well, coming out of the newspaper, yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, my editor, I had one editor named David Hampton who's here and still in town. He's sure. retired now. But David was my editor for 15 years, and I was a two-time Pulitzer finalist. So I I would I can put in a good word wow. for you, but I can't get you that far. No wonder. What I can't get, but I can tell you this. I feel like that David is a big part of my success because not because he told me what to do. It's what he told me not to do. Yeah. And that's that's key. And you got to learn how to take constructive criticism. And that's a hard part for a lot of people. I met people like that in the Mississippi Literary Guild, now the Louisiana uh, Guild yeah. that I belong to down there. And the, the egos can kill you. Yeah. Oh, amen. And Jen, the radio business, you probably bumped into a couple, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. Well, I probably had a problem with it myself and may still do. Nah. But, nah. It'll but, humble you, though. It'll humble you very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you're on a book tour. Or you've been touring? Are you tour? I take it you're well, touring right now. Well, I'm actually slowing down. I'm going to go to Fairhope, Alabama, to that great that's a wonderful Asian bookstore. Palette bookstore. Yeah, that's a great bookstore. Uh, on January third, mm-hmm. um, I, I had originally scheduled something in Hattiesburg, but I had to move it due to some uh, another great bookstore, Main Street Books. Is that Main Street Books? Oh, fantastic. Diane down there, yeah, great she's people. great. Uh, I've I've done Lemuria. I can't I can't thank them enough. Yeah, uh, Hillary and John over there. John's the best. Just yeah. absolutely wonderful. Uh, I've done two signings at Sun Dog Books down in Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, guy named uh, Larry and his wife Linda are Mississippians who own a great store on mm-hmm. the beach. Best place to sell a book is on the beach, no, my you friend. Can't, you can't beat that because as soon as it's over with, guess what? You're on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> it's all kinds of good things that happen out of that. Uh, I see Mike Duke walking by. Yes. Mike's a Newton, Mississippi boy. So that's is the thing. Know, There's two degrees of separation. Everybody knows something? everybody. His, his brother, uh, Johnny, is, is closer to my age. He was, a, he was a little squirt kid when we knew each other as a child. Uh, and I'm looking forward to reading a book for his book for the blind program oh that'll be fun with your voice i think you can get away with doing the audiobook well, thank you i don't know that voices are, are, are that important anymore yeah in in broadcasting i think i think uh i think the mind is a lot better i think you have to be mechanism. a good storyteller and now with you know podcasts and all the different proliferation of different types of media out there and you you see the people that are succeeding are the ones that can sit down and tell a good story yeah yeah. Which you have obviously done in the book. Have fun, damn it. A humorous guide to putting up with parents, kids, and pets. Bob May, of course, your dad is listening right now. Um, we, got a couple, we got a couple minutes. I mean, we're not in a big rush. We're okay. not going anywhere. So uh, any other, I mean, are you working on another book right now, or are you just kind of kicking back and enjoying this one? Well, it's a challenge um, anymore to find the time because I'm trying to do what, Many authors have difficulty doing, and I see why now, and that's to market my current book. Right, it's done well. I'm up for my third order on the books. Oh, now. Congratulations! Um, uh, I have not done what I want to do in terms of internet promotion and everything. Yeah. Uh, so I got to get around to, to doing some of the small but important uh, things that make people aware uh, to help brand the book. Book signings are great, but they're they're expensive to do. You're, you're, you're traveling. Um, I did a tour all the way from, you know, Jackson to Memphis to Nashville yeah. to Asheville up through uh, to Connecticut and New York. 
Throw out that website one more time, Bob. HaveFunDammit.com. Please come visit and make sure and touch your cursor on the pictures on the front of the book. Something magic will happen. That's awesome. Thank you, Bob. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you, Marshall Ramsey. Thank you very much, Michelle McAdoo. I want to thank you for joining us today, and I want to thank radio veteran and author Bob May for stopping in and sharing his story with us. If you'd like to hear the show again or any past episodes, visit mpbonline.org slash now you're talking. Listen to our podcast. Now You're Talking is a production of MPB Think Radio. It's produced by the incredible Michelle McAdoo. Stay tuned. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell is going to be joining us next for Now You're Talking. This is Now You're Talking only on 